0: what's up everyone welcome back to the salescast podcast um today we are going to be talking to luke about this idea of nearbound it's something that i've been learning a little bit more about but luke i'm gonna kick it off to you since this was your idea uh tell us what is nearbound
1: well, I could get into the technical side of it, but let's look at like a real world example. So my brother went and applied to get a job at a golf course nearby. And he went the direct route. He submitted an application. He left his number, sent the guy an email. Didn't hear back him at all. He didn't know that I was connected with the pro. So we had been hanging out all winter and I know the guy who would be hiring him there. And so I was like, hey, maybe I can insert some influence on this thing. So without my brother knowing, I basically went and reached out directly to the pro over there and said, hey, my brother submitted an application, happy to be a reference for you, and here's all the information that you would need. The pro got back to him the same day. It's an instant turnaround versus cold that you might try to get by going direct. So that's just a quick example of nearbound motion. But what it actually is, is you're familiar, I'm sure, with the traditional inbound pipeline where there's marketing, there's outbound pipeline, which is your expertise, cold calling, SDRing, booking meetings that way. There's a third pipeline that's being created now. It's called nearbound. It's using your network, using your ecosystem, using your partners to generate warm intros and influence deals here. To actually be able to help close them better, especially with the way 2023 is looking. You can keep banging your head yeah. against the wall, but spam filters on calls, spam on the email side of things, need yeah. a way to break through the noise and actually get connected to people. The best way to do that is through the trust that networks you build.
0: Yeah, that's sick. Nearbound is like having the uh the rich dad that has connections to every company, you know? <laughs> Always find a job.
1: Exactly. <laughs> just just use the people you know to get networked into. But um, I'm sure so, you've seen it on the outbound side. What are you trying to do when you're cold prospecting somebody?
0: Yeah, for sure. And and, and so, like, hearing more, hear you talk about this more, Luke, is maybe really interesting because I feel like I've always looked for ways to do like half nearbound, if you will. And so, like, I'll give you some examples. One of my favorite plays is an SDR. Um, was going on Sales Navigator and then using the connections sub filter to find people who were at Panadoc connected with Makita, or who are connected with Chad when he was our VP of Sales. Shout out to him. Um, or people who are connected with our current CEO at Mailshake. Yep. Um, and so I would reach out to them, and be like, "Hey, it looks like you're connected with so and so. You're probably familiar with Panadoc or probably familiar with Mailshake. Looks like you guys blah blah blah." Get into my pitch, right? And that was just like manufacturing what we're talking about right now. And those plays always work really well. Um, even if they weren't the right fit, they would always let you know because there was that connection. And so, um, I've always been looking for ways to do that. And obviously as an SDR, anytime you get a referral, it's like you, you're all over that. You want to make sure that you really get in contact with that person. So I think it's really cool. And and you've been sharing some strategies for how to do that effectively, not just for building pipeline, but talk to me about how you can use Nearbound and, and leverage that, um, mid-sales cycle, right? Not just for opening up new opportunities, but for, you know, increasing close, rate, Reducing the time to close a deal, that sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. And like a quick example, of this would be real world examples. HubSpot used to be selling their CRM to the same type of businesses that I sold e-signature to. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time, but they'd bring me in on deals because the customer needed a quoting or an e-signature solution on top of their CRM. And so the deal is getting stuck. They can't purchase this without a way to actually make money off the CRM investment. So they're bringing in a partner to influence the deal. Mm. So what that looks like in the nearbound world is if you're getting stuck, let's say a deal's gone dark on you, somebody's not responding or is getting bogged down in legal or procurement. What if this prospect you're working with is a customer of your partner's? Mm -hmm. Let's say they're a customer of Mailshake or a customer of Built First, and I'm reaching out to them. I could have Jed shoot a note to them on my behalf, and I could write it out for him and say, hey, Jed, can you send this over? And that's exerting some nearbound influence on the deal that could help get it back on the rails when a deal might have gone dark or been closed lost because of that.
0: Yeah, we've seen this work firsthand here at Mailshake, so I think it's really cool.
1: Um, Luke probably won't do this, but
0: obviously... The company that he he works for, Reveal, you can automate and do all this stuff through their software. But Luke, if I'm like an SDR and A, listening to this, um, how can I leverage the benefits of Nearbound? Obviously, you can go out and purchase a, a Reveal, you know, so- software like that. But if you're an SDR and A, you doesn't have that sort of budget, what can you do on your own to start, you know, taking advantage of some of these benefits?
1: Absolutely. But before we do that, what are the benefits? Okay. Like- putting some numbers to this stuff because we know like yeah. obviously if you run with the friend group or you have this nearbound friend group of prospects and customers who all interact with each other you're probably yeah. going to close more but of course. what are the differences where the percentages? We found 55% higher close rates when a partner is involved in a sale yeah. so let's say you're an AE selling mail shakes would it behoove you to go partner with a HubSpot AE for example Who's selling CRM and they have their own sequencer, yes, but it's not quite up to what the market dictates, for example. Uh, you could not only ask them for intros into accounts where you know there's a HubSpot customer, but you could also potentially present value to that AE in the other way. Hey, yeah. there are these customers of ours that don't have a CRM or are on a competitive CRM, it's not working for them. I can give you the other AE some insight. So that way it's a give and take motion when you're working these accounts and working this ecosystem together. Let me know if any of that sounds crazy.
0: No, not at all. Um, Yeah, and and the 55% number, I mean, it makes complete sense. I feel like if you've been in sales or taken any sort of sales or Sandler training, like you've heard about the benefits of having a referral and it's the same sort of thing. And obviously any referral sale, it's always going to be a higher close rate just because it's trust. People buy from who they trust. And uh, especially in a world of like SaaS companies where everybody has at least 10 competitors, it feels like that can be the difference between winning the deal or not. It's just who do they trust the most? Because on a surface level, the buyer sees a lot of the same things, a lot of overlap. And so I feel like a lot of times they just go with who they trust the most, the salesperson they like the most. So this will can mean the difference between you know closing a lot of deals or not. Um, but cool. Now we know the benefits. And um, I'm curious, how can you take advantage of this as a sales? wrap you know s d r a e sort of things can you do
1: absolutely and i think it goes back to what you're talking about with trust if you mm. think about the average buyer today they're getting slammed with 4,000 to 10,000 ads a day yeah That's across the email providers websites they visit tv phone calls cold calls etc they're getting spammed with ads and what's our goal whenever we're trying to do outbound it's to warm up that prospect by any means possible. I want a yeah. warmer intro with a better percentage of booking the meeting and better percentage of better percentage chance of it closing. Yeah. So that's what we're looking to do. Um, data was king like five to 10 years ago. The Zoom infos, the Apollos of the world came out, and you had phone numbers, direct dials, and everybody built their ABM strategy on just blasting information. There. Yep. Now everybody's starting to ignore that. What they're turning to especially with the financial craziness that's going on right now it's people they trust their network yeah. partnerships who should i look at when it comes to e-signature or sequencing or quickbook stuff etc they're asking their network and they're trusting the information referrals they get from it in there so yeah. what would change if you could hook into those networks what if you could take advantage of that as a salesperson what would that do for you yeah
0: yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I feel like some things you can do as well uh, are like, I remember like early on at Mailshake, one of the first things we did, it's similar to your analogy of like ClubSpot and eSignature, like that sort of partnership is, you know, Mailshake, we didn't sell data, it's just a sales engagement tool, but we would reach out to like Lucia um seamless a couple of like data providers because uh, they they complement our product really well like you need a sequence you need data for a sequencer and you need sequencer for data and we would just i told my aes like go find other aes and just anytime you have a deal where they mention they want data send an information to them and say hey i'm gonna start sending you some leads if you got some that are looking for sequencing and they're coming for data send it to me and we have a really good partnership with this girl lucia who sends us like three deals a month uh we've closed a good amount of them so far and um it's just a good like two way relationship, you know what I mean? And I think it's a really simple thing you can do as an A as an SDR because uh yeah, you're right. I mean, everybody's getting flooded with the dead cold outbound. And uh if you can be the one that stands out, you're gonna have a higher chance of setting up that call.
1: Absolutely. And that's some of the benefits of working with partners as an SDR yep. and AE. It could just be another colleague at a different company who's doing the same job as you. Get yeah, just make a these people. Get some influence. Gain some insight. Like, hey, Mark, the VP of sales, doesn't pick up his phone, but guess what? John, the VP of marketing does. Let's yeah. reach out to John. He's a much better contact for us. That's a little bit of insight you can pick up from a partner. These are all actionable plays, SDRs, AE's, sales people can lean on to actually yeah. drive more pipeline, more deals
0: yeah exactly if you're if you're at sdr and a sdr and a's at other companies are your best friends ticket insights that was like one of the biggest things i always did at PandaDoc was just reach out to the other kind of executives of their companies to get information on their proposal process and all that stuff and they will always give you that information um so yeah build those relationships that's what you know linkedin is obviously for but um yeah i don't have anything else to add luke anything else you want to add uh, as it relates to nearbound
1: Well, the only other thing I would think of, and I'm guessing nobody in customer success listens to this podcast, but. (laughs) uh, Maybe one or two. (laughs) Maybe one or two. But there are some things to be gained post-sale and on the CS side as well. If you think Mm -hmm. about it, everybody's got a tech stack these days. Salesforce, DocuSign, Outreach, a tech stack of things that play well together. What if you were connected into your partners, whether it's an AE friend you have or official partnerships, whatever it might be, and you notice that, hey, this is canceled with one of our partners, this customer has. Maybe we should be proactive and get notifications that we should reach out to our customer make sure everything's okay before the auto-renewal clause kicks in, before things come up on the renewal side. That's a CS. That's
0: genius.
1: Also, let's look at the positive end of that. Let's say our net retention rate is 80%. When one of our customers is hooked up with six partners and is customers of those partners. But maybe they're 110% net retention rate when they're connected with 10 or more partners. How can we facilitate intros to our active customers, to the other tech partners that we have, to make our solution more sticky and future-proof it here in 2023 and 2024 with the craziness that's going on? these are sorts of insights you can pick up post-sale side or account management side that could actually mean the difference between hitting your number and losing all your accounts, just stuff that isn't available today. So those are some ways that we could help out pre-sale, SDR, current, in-cycle with AEs, and then post-sale with CSMs or AMs. Um, So that might help on the nearbound front of using your ecosystem, the people you trust.
0: That's genius. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about it that way. Um, nice. Yeah. I, like I said, Luke won't say it, but uh, you guys need to check out reveal. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It's basically, it'll basically do everything we're talking
1: about right now. Yep, um. Now, these are all things and what I'm sharing with you stuff you can do on your own, but yeah. there are better, more efficient ways of doing that. I'm happy to chat with anybody who wants to talk about it, but this is the next step from inbound Outbound data world to trust an ecosystem world of nearbound. Yeah, and that's the future that's coming.
0: No, and it's interesting because, like every software, you know, like for Mailshake, for example, you can cold email on your own. You can do things for your deliverability on your own. But there, you know, software's always been out to some extent. What I think is interesting about we're talking, what we're talking about right now, is I had never. This is like a new concept I feel like for the market, and so I don't know. I think it's interesting that we're talking about it now because it is not something I see talked about anywhere on LinkedIn unless it's coming from Jared Fuller, Isaac Morehouse, there's nobody on LinkedIn talking about this. And so if you're listening to the podcast right now, um, you know, potentially take this as a sign to to start working on yourself, because I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, you start seeing it uh, a lot more.
1: Yeah. What's the worst thing that happens? You get warmer intros and your deals are more likely to close. Man, that's a tough problem to have. (laughs) Exactly. Well, cool. Thanks everyone. This has been the Salescast
0: Podcast where we make prospecting simple and closing repeatable.
1: Uh, Maybe I said that wrong. Predictable. All right, we make it predictable, even when things are unpredictable. But anyways, great stuff. There Jim. we go. Thanks for me. Thanks everyone.